Hello, comrades, and welcome to the podcast you are currently listening to. I promise, this isn't a Russian invasion, just a temporary occupation. I'm Roberto, one of the hosts of the podcast, Czar Power. And I'm Brendan, the other half of the podcast. Together, we're ranking the Russian rulers from Rurik to Putin. They will compete based on how well they fought, how successful they were in life, how much kompromat or blackmail they had on them, how handsome they were, and how long they ruled for. After being scored, we decide whether they get to party it out in the Kremlin or get sent straight to the Gulag. Those who make it to the Kremlin will need to duke it out for the position of best Russian ruler. You can find us on any podcast host as Tsar Power, on Twitter at Tsar Power Pod, and on Facebook as Tsar Power. That's Tsar spelled T-S-A-R. Now, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. And if you hear a knock on your door, beware. The KGB is coming to make your stay a bit more permanent. And welcome to So You Think You Can Rule Persia, the podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia from Diochis to Yazdegur III. I'm Serial, and my pronouns are they, them. And I'm Umberto, my pronouns are he, him. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17, which is to say Darius III. So we get to find out what happens after Bagoas murdered his second king in a row. Does he get to go for three? Does he get to go for ten? We'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. Okay, so recap time. So what happened in the last two episodes is pretty important at the moment. Artaxerxes III restored the empire. Egypt is back. Hooray, hooray. Everything is good now. Good job. Problem is that Artaxerxes III's loyal general, Bagoas, who had helped him conquer Egypt, now decides to murder Artaxerxes III and put his son, Artaxerxes IV, on the throne. For some reason. Because, what? Just... We're not given any clear reasons. Just, you know, thirst it's for terrible. power is terrible. standard. <laughs> so, yeah, plunging the empire into succession crisis when it doesn't need it. Bad move. Bad move all around. Yeah. The goers. Pretty much. <laughs> then Artaxerxes IV and or Bagoas managed to <laughs> repel an invasion of the Macedonians in Asia Minor, and Philip, their king, is murdered, whether through internal or external reasons is a bit unclear, but hey, mission accomplished. But then the problem is that Artaxerxes IV tries to get rid of Bagoas, but Bagoas catches wind of this and has yeah, him murdered that first. that was kind of terrible for <laughs> Artaxerxes IV. So he tried, but no. Is the answer. Mm. And yeah, well, what happened is that Bagoas then, having extinguished the main Achaemenid line, needed to find someone new Mm -hmm. to succeed the throne. Right, and he went, like, way up the family tree, right? Yeah, because if you remember, the last time Artaxerxes IV, all his children are dead Mm -hmm. due to Bagoas. 
Yes. All the children of Artaxerxes III are dead due to Bagoas. Right. All the children of Artaxerxes II are dead due to Artaxerxes III. Yes. So we need to go oh back God. all the way to Darius II to get some feasible descendants. Uh, yep, yeah, lots of murder. So yeah, the family hasn't been doing great. So we can now pick up the story of Darius and then see where he comes from. Because we don't really know when he was born or who his parents were exactly. We just know that he's a distant descendant of Darius II. And uh, he was an adult man when he, yes. when he got the throne. So the first bit that we heard of him is under Artaxerxes III, where he helped his king out by defeating some rebellious tribes in combat. And Darius personally fought in single combat with the champion of these Cadusian people and defeated him. Oh, nice, yeah. yeah. And as a reward, Darius was given the satrapy of Armenia. And later on, it seems like potentially during Artaxerxes IV's reign, he climbed his way up, went into court, and was assigned government of the postal system to ensure that messages arrived mm. properly, that the roads were well furnished, that whole nice stuff that Darius I had uh, dealt with. Oh, yes. So there we go. It's at this point that we get news in 336 that Bagoas murdered the king. Uh, oopsie. And as we said, he needs to find an heir. And at this point, basically every satrap, every general, every important noble in the empire has some sort of similar claim. Because Darius II died a hundred years ago, pretty mm -hmm. much. So, considering yeah, the amount of children they have, yeah. it makes sense that everybody would have some sort of claim. So, Bagos has free choice for whatever he wants. So, why does he choose Darius? Well, he chooses Darius because he is relatively new to court. He isn't an established noble. He only gained prominence thanks to his valor in battle. Mm-hmm. And then he was in charge of Armenia, which is a bit out of the way. And then he was in charge of the postal system, which, while prestigious, isn't, you know, mm, yeah. top 10 jobs in the empire. Yeah. So the good news is that Darius has few connections in court, so it's unlikely enough to oppose Bogoas. Yeah, he's enough of a nobody, but he is sort of a war hero, so it's enough to justify why this guy and not anybody else. Perfect puppet. Yeah, so he's in this nice middle ground. So let's see how that goes. So the first years are a little bit fuzzy. We don't get too much detail, unfortunately. But mm. it seems like the Empire isn't reacting too well to Bagos just picking some guy to be Emperor. <laughs> because um, essentially we have... Oh, what a surprise, huh? Yeah, Who would exactly. have thought? Because <laughs> we have one revolt in Babylon that oh. rises up under a native king and another one in Egypt. Oh, surprise. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, revolting. it hasn't been what? rebelling enough. <laughs> so, so the Babylonian revolt is suppressed quite quickly by Darius and his army. Manages to break that down. Okay, awesome. Done. But then Darius heads over to Egypt and he finds that this pretender has arrived all the way up to the delta. So covered all of Egypt, which is bad news. Mm. But fortunately for our side... Artaxerxes III destroyed all the fortifications in Egypt to ensure that they couldn't rebel easily. So as soon as our friend Darius passes through, he manages to recapture Egypt and ensure that it doesn't leave the empire for 60 years again, because mm. that would be terrible. So there we go. 
Thank you for the recap. That was very useful. I'm sure our listeners were quite capable of keeping track of everything that's happening, but it's been a couple of weeks due to technical problems. So I, uh, yeah, and I haven't been taking that many notes in the last episodes. <laughs> Just a lot of things happening. I can either pay attention or take notes. I can't do both. Yeah. I mean, as long as it works. It'll... The podcast is good enough. Notes, you know, it's recorded. Yeah, you I can, can listen, listen to, to the it. podcast. If exactly. You want to. There we go. All right. So and yeah. So after the first few years of Darius's reign, things seem to be going quite well. Hmm. We're also told he has a new concubine that is also a eunuch called Bagoas, uh, which must have been awkward. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. I assume they went with nicknames. They had like scary Bagoas, sexy Bagoas, sporty Bagoas. <laughs> oh, I don't no. know. I just decided to have uh, like, this whole situation. <laughs> yeah, very I mean, funny. I can imagine some very sitcom style yeah. images where yeah. it's like, yes, have Bagoas brought to my chambers. And there's Darius just lying sensually on the bed. And it's like, oh, no, it's the wrong Bagoas. <laughs> not that Bagoas. <laughs> no, not, not the murder Bagoas, the one that likes me. <laughs> like, don't be offended, but why would I want to see this Bagoas? <laughs> I'm scared. And not that kind of scared, the other kind of scared. <laughs> not good scared, bad scared. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. <laughs> so, doesn't show up in the story, but will be showing up later, so oh, there okay. we go. That to know. Okay, but at this point, Darius has sort of stabilized the Empire, and he, well, he comes to the same conclusion that Artaxerxes IV came. He thinks, okay, Bagoas is in control of the court, and he's dangerous, and he's killed two kings before me. Mm-hmm. I should probably get rid of Bagoas. Yeah, yeah, honestly. I, <laughs> he's th- a very dangerous man. <laughs> very understandable, but also that hasn't gone well for the other kings either. So, uh, you know, Bagoas is there because no. he's Bagoas. Like, Bagoas is there because he knows what he's doing, apparently. Has everyone wrapped around his finger? Yeah, I mean, he has finger, enough so. support that nobody had questioned when he put a random king on the throne, and now he's here. Yeah. Tricky situation. So what Darius does is he starts to gather support from around the empire. He starts writing to important satraps, generals, different members of the court, trying to understand, okay, how can I get rid of Bagoas? Does anybody know? Is there a secret cheat code I need to put in? That sort of thing. <laughs> goes to the forums hey guys how did you beat this boss i'm having trouble anyone has a cheat code or you know yeah maybe i can try clipping through the wall and getting to the secret area i don't know <laughs> so darius tries all these methods and at this point bagoas gets news of this of course he does <laughs> bagoas hears oh darius is acting pretty independent hmm Okay, I thought this puppet could last a bit longer, but fine, I'll get rid of him. And he goes to his cabinet of potions that says, the poison for Darius. Ah, yes, Darius is poison. (laughs) Good reference. (laughs) And so he goes to a great feast with Darius. Ah, another feast, yay. Because feasts are good for us. So Pagoas and Darius are at this wonderful feast and... Bagoas pours the poison into Darius's cup and says, Oh, my king, my king, a toast. And Darius takes the cup, thanks Bagoas, and he says, But wait, Bagoas, maybe you should have a drink first. Yes, Darius is smart. (laughs) 
And Bagoa says, no, 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 your highness, I insist. This is the royal cup. I would never dare yes, to I could drink never from do the that, royal of course. cup. To which Darius says, no, 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 Bagoas, I insist. <laughs> Me, the king. Yeah. And when Bagoas looks around the hall, he sees, wait, I don't know any of these guards. They're all new. <gasps> oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go, ah, damn. Well, I hope the poison I used was expired. Bagoas drinks down the cup. Cough. Cough, cough. Bagoas is dead. Oh, man. He actually did it. Yeah, he did it very quickly and early on in his reign got rid of a big threat. Damn. So Darius is fully king now. And at last, Bagoas... This random man from a <laughs> this random, random dude. Random. <laughs> yeah. Now, you've sort of hit on the point, because what happens to a puppet when you cut its strings? Ooh. It just yeah. falls yeah. down into a clump. Oh, whoopsie. So, before Darius was king of kings because Bagoas, the powerful eunuch, said so. Mm-hmm. Now Darius is king because Bagoas, the dead eunuch, said so. And pretty much every other satrap and general in the empire has the same claim as he does. So that's not great. <laughs> Things could have gone better. Yeah, he could have just gotten along with Bigos. Yeah, I mean, he was going to get murdered anyway, so might as well. Yeah, yeah, but because he was trying to get rid of him, right? Or I mean, he could have been happy being, being a so puppet, agreeable. sure. Yeah. So that's a problem. Let's hope nothing terrible happens in the near future. Oh, wait. Because in 334, news comes from the West. Huh. <laughs> Hey, you know the Macedonians? Ah, uh, yes. You know, <sighs> Philip, that we actually dealt with, surprisingly. Yeah. Philip died, but his son is basically putting all his chips on this invasion of the Empire and is landed in Anatolia. Hmm. So, Darius now has a choice on how to deal with this. He has three separate choices, and Serial, you hmm. can tell me which you would have gone for. Let's see. Choice A. Choice A is Darius marches with his army to crush the Macedonians. Very straightforward. The pros of this are that, well, Darius is in charge of this. A great victory mm -hmm. would give him legitimacy. That's always mm -hmm. nice. And he's in control of the army, so he knows what it's doing. The downside is that he recently had rebellions in Egypt and Babylon. And pretty much everybody in the empire has a claim on the empire. So if he leaves the capital, that's just leaving it wide open for somebody to just he march be able in to come back. Yeah, yeah, coup. yeah. So that's an issue. Oops. Plan B is instead just send a general to do that while Darius stays in the capital. The advantage of that is that, well, Darius can keep an eye on things and ensure that there's no massive usurpation going on. Mm -hmm. It's also good because there'll be one general who controls everything and ensures it all works out. But the downside is that this one general probably has as much claim to the throne as Darius does. So who do you choose that you can trust? Yeah, yeah. so if he wins this battle, this gives him legitimacy and he can just and come back Darius. and take yep. you. Yep. Plan C is instead Darius stays at home, keeping an eye on the empire. But he tells all the Anatolian satraps to work together and make a plan to defeat the Macedonians. So, so they the, do his dirty work for him? Yeah, so the advantage here is that, well, he gets to stay at home, keep an eye on the Empire. Also, if it's a war by committee, 
nobody can claim credit for it and then just mm-hmm. march back saying i won the war no it was a team effort so right. you can't do that so he relies on their competition the downside is that well if these satraps don't agree with each other the war is going to be more poorly handled mm-hmm. so what would you do if you were in darius's place hmm i would find myself some trusted people as soon as possible <laughs> who actually support me so and... I don't have to do things alone. But, yeah. you know, that on the side... You were chosen specifically because you don't have trusted people. <laughs> <laughs> Hell. Um, I'd probably... How invested is the general public of the Empire in subduing the Macedonians? Not much, honestly, because... Again, the point is that... Then winning that war is not as important as, like... Anatolia is one of those border places. The Greeks have come there several times. If it's Egypt or Babylon, that's a concern. But Anatolia isn't the richest part of the Yeah, no, then I would definitely stay home and focus on Egypt and Babylon, because those are more immediate threats. So, um, not doing that war myself. And then, I guess a committee would make sense, right? So nobody can actually claim victory alone for it mm-hmm. so i would go with the third option certainly it's not okay. ideal but i just have to find a different way to find legitimacy within the empire very good and that is exactly Darius's thought process he goes for option c yeah. he tells all the satrap of anatolia hey listen you guys get together talk about it and figure out how to solve the situation by the way, I'm sending you Memnon of Rhodes to act as an advisor. He already yes. defeated this the Macedonians guy, this right? one time. Yeah, he defeated them under Artaxerxes IV, so mm-hmm. he probably knows a thing or two and can teach you what to do. And so begins the counteroffensive. While the Macedonians are marching in and trying to, you know, taking the little cities, it's the usual formula we've seen so far. Greeks coming in, taking Anatolia bit by bit. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Memnon of Rhodes tells the associated satraps, listen, the Macedonians are low on supplies and low on money. There also might be a civil war brewing at home, and the Greek city-states don't like the Macedonians much, so they might mm-hmm. fight for independence. They're weak now. Yeah, so now they're weak. And Memnon says, the best thing to do is to just burn all the supplies along the route of the Macedonians so they can't live off the land. Mm-hmm. And that way, they'll just be forced into submission just by starvation. How does that sound? That's excellent. But the satraps say, yeah, but you're saying that we have to burn my lands, the lands that I govern? Uh, Right. (laughs) Also, that's a really cowardly way to do this. We should just fight the Macedonians in one clean battle, defeat them, and then send them home. We're not going to win any glory just by sitting around and saying, oh, look, they went home. Hmm. That's going to look terrible, and Darius isn't going to reward anybody richly for just sitting around and waiting. As if Darius cared much. (laughs) Not really, but, you know, he might do a token gesture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this point, the satraps decide, no, 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 we're doing a single battle. The Macedonians are going to have to cross the river Granicus, somewhere in Anatolia, and Mm -hmm. we'll meet them there, crush them, war over, hooray. I mean, lots of confidence in in crushing the Macedonians. Yeah, I mean, Memnon managed it once. Why can't they? I mean, because Memnon is Memnon, you know. True, and they're not listening to his advice. Uh (laughs) Yeah, stuff. 
he did it, but let's ignore everything he has to say about it and just do it our way. I'm yeah, sure it'll be sure. fine. Although it might just be Greek bias that the only Greek in the story yeah. is the correct guy, but still. That is very fair. Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so these satraps gather their armies, all the armies of Anatolia meet at the river Granicus to fight the Macedonians. And there the fighting is long and hard, and they almost manage to kill the new Macedonian king. But, unfortunately, the satraps are defeated, several of them are killed, and their army scatters. Hmm. So, Darius gets a letter. Uh-huh. Hey, friend. The letter says, hey, you know that battle in Anatolia? Yeah, we lost it, and now there isn't a sizable army in Anatolia anymore. The Macedonians sort of have free reign of all of Anatolia. Mm -hmm. That's kind of terrible. <laughs> what should we do, sir? To which Darius asks the messenger, um, what is the name of this Macedonian king? Who is this 22-year-old kid that's defeated my armies? Mm -hmm. To which the messenger replies, um, they call him Alexander the Great, sir. <laughs> Already. <laughs> To which Darius replies, and I'm not Darius the Great? <laughs> no, sir, we've already had one of those. <laughs> ah. And damn. it's definitely not you. Well, crap. Oh boy, he has no idea what he's in for. Yeah, so Darius hears Alexander, king of Macedon, at the charge of his undefeated so far army, is marching towards you. Alex, my boy. He is marching to the east to take down Darius and avenge his father. And going from the meta-knowledge that I know we will have <laughs> yes. several episodes on Alexander, Yes. let me just go on a whim here <laughs> and say <laughs> that the Empire is about to change hands. It might, yeah. That is a reasonable point to make. We'll see how quickly it changes hands. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's a different Alexander the Great. I... <laughs> sure. Stay tuned be, to find know. out. Alexander the Great's father, Alexander the Great. You know. Alexander it was a weird dynasty. Yeah. yeah. So, there we go. Bad news all around. Yeah, so Darius needs to formulate a plan. He needs to make a counteroffensive to mm -hmm. protect things. So, first of all, it seems like he is coming into contact with some spies back home in Macedonia. Because apparently a Macedonian noble, also called Alexander, mm. which is confusing, I know, mm. sent it out to Darius asking for support. And Darius said, okay, cool, I'll give you a massive amount of gold if you have King Alexander murdered, and right. then I'll support you as King of Macedon. How does that sound? Yeah, good plan. But the problem is that this messenger was intercepted. <laughs> Oh, and Alexander the king thought, oh, well, I guess I need to get rid of another political rival back home. Ooh, whoops. <laughs> also, there was yeah. a, a wonderful omen about this, which I love and I'm going to tell <gasps> Please you. Please tell me. Yes, I love because omens. Because one day when Alexander the Great was taking a nap at midday, <laughs> nice siesta. Yes, you do. A swallow flew up to him and sat on top of his bed and was chirping loudly, keeping him awake. Damn bird. And then Alexander tried to shoo the swallow away, but the bird, instead of just flying away, just landed on his head and started chirping even louder. What the hell? <laughs> that 
such a bird. <laughs> so the bird would not stop chirping, and Alexander called his seers, saying, Hey, is this an omen or something? I need to sleep. Please, please tell me this is an omen because I do not know how to cope anymore. This freaking bird. <laughs> To which the seer said, oh, it looks like it's an omen of treason. And then he got the letter saying, oh, your noble oh. Alexander is trying to kill you. Like, oh, awesome. Thank you, annoying bird. Which, did you really need an omen when you're actually really, like, honestly going to get a letter? Like, right <laughs> eh, after? You know, the bird just wanted to help out. It was part it of was the team. bored and, you know. Yeah, it happens. Decided, let's annoy this man. <laughs> this particular yeah, exactly. dude. So this plan at home didn't work great for Darius, so he goes to plan B. He is going to lead an army on his own and go to march towards Alexander, because things look serious. It looks yeah. like Alexander's taking every city in Anatolia and doesn't show signs of stopping or sending requests for peace or anything. So it's better if Darius mm. takes care of this. The guys just don't fire. He just keeps going. I don't know what to do. Like, uh... They call him yeah. the great, and I'm very worried that they might be right. <laughs> yeah, always could happen. And also, Darius sends Memnon of Rhodes, gives him command of a fleet, of the Achaemenid fleet, and says, Hey, listen, sail up to Macedonia, harass their ports, and try and gather support among the Greek cities. Athens asked us for help against the Macedonians a decade ago. Maybe they're still up for it. <laughs> Maybe we can do it now. You know, it's a bit late, but like, if they're still up yeah. for it... Yeah, and he contacts the Spartans who are going to rebel anyway and say, hey, Sparta, do you want to help someone out? And the Spartans say, oh, mm. I mean, it's not in our nature, but I guess we'll try. <gasps> They're going to say yes for once? Yes, but they mistime Wild. it. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> because Memnon is doing a good job. He captures a lot of cities in the Aegean and basically blocks contact between Macedon and Alexander's forces. But then Memnon died shortly after and was succeeded by less competent commanders who didn't do as oh. good as a job. Oh, no. Hmm. And in the meantime, the Spartans launched their war against Macedon too late. And so they were defeated without much breaking a sweat, really. So that's not great. It's wild that timing can do that to you. Like, really just make everything go terribly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, not ideal. But back in Asia, Darius has gathered all his army, and he crosses the Taurus Mountains into Asia Minor, and there he arrives in October of 333. And he actually has a stroke of luck, because there's a failure in Macedonian intelligence, and Darius appears behind Alexander's forces, Ooh. surprising him and basically getting a better field than he would have otherwise had. Interesting. At this point, we're told that Darius's advisors told him that victory was going to be certain, that he, yeah. twice as many soldiers as Alexander could defeat him. And so Darius decided, sure, this may not be the ideal field to use my cavalry, but oh no, if it means I catch Alexander unprepared, I'll go for it. Cool. Okay, that is a bargain, right? That is a, a yeah, worthy I mean, it's, bargain it's an, it's to take. It's a trade-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he says, you know what? Rather than giving him time to prepare, I'd rather do this now, even if it's not ideal. Hmm. Also, I love that according to the Shahnameh, which is the national epic of greater Iran, mm -hmm. written in the Middle Ages, Darius and Alexander are actually secret half-brothers. <gasps> oh, they made it. They made it fanfic content. <laughs> they made, they made it like intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. 
Yes, and there's this whole scene where Alexander enters Darius's camp in disguise as an ambassador <gasps> to spy on the army. Oh my and Darius gosh. treats him as a guest, he honors him, gives him a feast. And doesn't recognize him, because, you know... Doesn't recognize him, but then at a certain point, somebody recognizes Alexander. And Alexander basically s- steals four of Darius's cups and runs away to his army with the cups in tow. <laughs> with cups? <laughs> Just stealing his cutlery, because why not? Uh, that is... I can relate to that. <laughs> so there we go. That is really lovely. Just viciously stuffing breadsticks into his purse, running yep. away. Thanks for the free dinner, bye! Okay, bye! So there we go. That's very funny. So we have the Battle of Issus in 333. The Macedonians managed to hold back the crammed Persian cavalry, Mm. and Alexander himself manages to personally break through the line and encounters Darius face to face. There the two kings see each other, and Darius makes some quick math. Because he thinks, okay, if I die or am captured, who succeeds me? Hmm. My six-year-old son or a massive empire-wide civil war? The civil war, probably. Because, yeah. like, his grip on the throne is not even strong enough. So... Yeah. Exactly. He might not even have to die anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, so Darius reasons, okay, if I try and fight Alexander, I risk destroying the empire right now. But if I run away, it's going to be embarrassing but I can regroup and reform and the empire won't just explode into a million factions. That is a very noble way of framing it. You know, like, oh, it's for the good of the empire. I shall stain my own honor just to keep the empire from crumbling because, you know, like, but, but, but. uh, I mean, of course, probably the fact of I'd rather be alive than dead. Yes. (laughs) But we also need to remember that Darius sort of got to his position because he was... A brave fighter, like he fought in single combat, the leader ah, of the I see, Cadusians. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like he's just a coward and he's running because no, he can. Like the, the one point he has going for him is that he's actually a good fighter. Yeah, exactly. So I see. A lot of Western sources specifically paint him as like, ah, oh, ha, ha, at the first sign of difficulty, he ran away. But yes, partially, he probably preferred being alive than dead. But also, it's, good you point. know, it makes yeah. sense that. If he dies or is captured, everything goes to hell. Yeah. But yeah, so Darius runs away. Alexander tries to chase after him, but doesn't manage to reach him in time. And Alexander gets news that the Persian army is about to encircle the Macedonians. So Alexander sighs, turns back, and wins the battle, but loses Darius. Hmm. Would have been an easy win. Yeah, exactly. If he actually managed to defeat him. Yeah, because if he takes Darius, either Darius is forced to give the empire to Alexander, Mm -hmm. or, you know, Alexander just can fight a divided foe. So that would definitely be an asset for him. Mm -hmm. But there's no real sugarcoating this. The battle is a disaster for the empire. (laughs) Because a massive army that was the largest that had been assembled in recent memory was destroyed. And now the Macedonians have control of the western end of the empire and not only that Darius's family has been captured by the enemy including his oh, son no. and heir oh no oh hell. and i don't want to point fingers towards anybody but Darius's six-year-old son isn't heard from again uh, so maybe okay. alex's knife slipped while he was you know 
cutting carrots or something. Probably. So there we go. Accidents happen. Yeah. And it's at this point, knowing that his family is prisoner, that Darius sends messages to Alexander saying, Hey, would you want to make peace? You've defeated me. Fair enough. Let's negotiate. Let's negotiate some terms. Yeah. And Alexander, in the meantime, had gone over to the city of Tyre and was busy besieging it. Oh. And when he's there, he receives a message. Where, according to Diodorus of Sicily, Darius offers Alexander all the lands west of the Halys River, which was mm -hmm. the old border between Lydia and the rest of Persia, and a treaty of friendship mm -hmm. between the two, possibly connected by a marriage alliance, if he agrees for peace and returns Darius's family. Right. However, in a scene that we're going to talk about in the future, Alexander refuses Darius's offer. Okay. And sends a reply saying that Darius should submit to Alexander since now he's clearly his inferior and we're no longer equals. I mean, he has a point. Yeah, but Darius still has the empire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very ballsy of Alexander to do. Alexander saying, well, I'm your boss now. Yeah, like, why would I have to accept your terms? It's yeah, I mean, clearly if you're offering what? terms, it means you're losing. Yeah. I can get more. Ha ha. What an insufferable <laughs> child. <laughs> oh, he is. He is very insufferable, but he's fun. <laughs> but yeah, so Darius receiving this news says, okay, fine. I guess I'm going to gather an army. Mm -hmm. So he calls all the satrapies, every army he can get. He is going to gather it over in Babylon. It looks like he's gathering an army roughly the size of the one of Xerxes, the first expedition into Greece. Mm. About 100,000 men, according to modern okay. estimates. According to ancient estimates, 5 million, but of course. Uh, debatable. <laughs> so Darius manages to get all these armies. He has elephants brought all the way from India, scythe chariots, Greek mercenaries from disgruntled cities against Alexander, and fierce steppe cavalry from the north. And he also equipped his men with longer lances, uh, similar oh. to the Macedonian model, so that they could better fight the Macedonian spearmen. Oh, nice. And at this point, he gathers all these men, prepares, and waits for Alexander in Mesopotamia. In the meantime, Alexander hasn't gone directly towards Darius, but he has decided to take the long road and capture all the coast of the Mediterranean to ensure that no counter-invasion can be made. Which, fair enough. And when Alexander gets to Egypt, what do the Egyptians do? Well, they're very quick to throw off Achaemenid rule, and they call Alexander their new pharaoh and declare him the son of a god. A surprise. Because the Egyptians hate the Achaemenid Empire. Yes. They and, never wanted you know, to be a part of it. They fought a lot to not be a part of it. Of course they're going to help Alexander. Who yes. is surprised here? <laughs> Yeah, all of Artaxerxes III's hard work has been thrown away oh. in just less than a decade. Four Sadness. years, actually. since his, It's four years since he died. Five, actually. So, Damn. not great. But Alexander finally manages to conquer all of the west of the empire, and now he heads towards Mesopotamia. The two armies sort of circle around a little bit, finding a good position until they... They waltz around. Yeah, until they meet near the village of Gaugamela where Darius had specifically prepared the area, flattening it all so that all his cavalry, all his chariots could have the best possible terrain. Oof, damn. 
lots of work for yeah he had about a year of waiting time ah, so okay. he ensured that everything was fine are you going to tell me that after all that work the battle moves somewhere else and he doesn't get to use it no luckily for oh him, he okay does. <laughs> it could have been worse but no he does okay okay good so there after all this is done it's prepared alexander advances slowly and then the two armies face off and just before the battle, Darius offers Alexander a new deal. He huh. says, listen, Alexander, you're clearly a, a powerful man. You're clearly a great man. I would be happy to share the empire with you. You can have all the lands west of the Euphrates River, silver equal to two years of taxes for the whole empire, what? the hand of my daughter, and then we can both rule the empire as co-kings. You'll <laughs> govern the west, I'll govern the east. What do you say, Alexander? Ooh, he's not gonna take it because if this king is making this offer then Alexander is like I can just take it all from you yeah he's a greedy little child so yeah, Alexander is a betting man he says I could either die or become the most powerful man who has ever lived I like those Which odds one he did. <laughs> let's <Yep>. go for <laughs> it oh this guy so Alexander refuses and sends a letter back saying the earth could not keep its order if it had two sons so too the empire cannot have two kings. Ooh. Also, Darius, if you want to continue ruling, fight me and see who wins. If instead you just want an easy life, I'm happy to accept your surrender. You can be my satrap. <laughs> <laughs> we should use that as an innuendo. <laughs> New St. Well. Valentine's card. You can be my satrap. <laughs> I mean, there is a love triangle going on, but you'll find mm -hmm. out only in next episode. No! Come on! <laughs> Sorry. I live for this. Yes. It has to do with sexy Bagoas. Oh, of course. Of course it has to do with them. So there we go. The battle is going to be fought. Alexander's men rest the night before. Darius is anxious, keeps his men awake through the night, fearing a night attack. But... When the morning comes, Alexander sleeps in, wakes up late, yawns, gets ready for battle. <laughs> Just does so, not care. Yeah, doesn't care. He slept like a baby. So on the 1st of October, 331 BC, the Battle of Gaugamela begins. Alexander with about 50,000 men and Darius with somewhere between 50,000 and 120,000 men, according Damn. to modern estimates, yeah. of course. So what happens is that Darius sends his scythe chariots against the Macedonians, but the Macedonian army is well-trained, and so they just step to the side of the chariots, and these mm -hmm. chariots have terrible maneuverability, so they just fly uh -huh. through the Macedonian lines without hurting anyone. At this and point, at least they know how to fight the Macedonians. So Yeah. So the Macedonians just stab these scythe chariots. <laughs> the end. So much mm. for those. At this point, Darius leads in the center, together with his best men, and fights valiantly. On the right flank, we have the Persian cavalry, which is the best in the empire, and it manages to break through the Macedonian line. Mm -hmm. And it manages to even capture their encampment and start looting it. Oh, damn, okay. This is the point where Alexander himself charges with his own elite guards at Darius, who's throwing javelins at the Macedonians from his chariot. Mm-hmm. Alexander then throws his javelin at Darius and misses the king, but manages oh, no. to kill the driver of his chariot. 
Okay. So at this point, panic starts to spread because the Achaemenid soldiers see that somebody on the king's chariot they can't quite see was stabbed mm-hmm. to death. Right. Oh no. They was see it the a body. king? I, yeah. I, I heard it was the king. Oh no, is it actually the king? People start panicking and freaking out. At which point Darius is, of course, himself kind of worried. And mm-hmm. seeing his men starting to run, he thinks, oh no, Alexander might get me this time. And so Darius, for the second time, once more... Runs away? He runs away, yes. Dude. Dude. And this, this time... Yeah, he is not going to be so forgiven by the nobility because yeah. run away one time, it's a strategic retreat. Run away two times and lose two massive armies. You're not our yeah, king. This is on you. This is on you, buddy. So at this point, Alexander again tries to run after Darius, but he hears that the Persian cavalry in the camp is risking to mm-hmm. again encircle the Macedonians. So Alexander grits his teeth, turns around again. No, once again. This is starting to feel like a 200-episode anime. <laughs> like, they keep encountering each Pretty other much. and can't quite, you know... I mean, given the amount of stuff written on Alexander, probably you could make a 200-episode <laughs> anime. Is there... I'm sure there's an anime with Alexander the Great. I'm I'd be sure. surprised or if there is At least a manga. Yeah, there's, there's definitely something. I mean, there is the romance of Alexander where he goes under the sea to see the sea people and flies in the sky. And, and he has sex with the Queen of the Amazons... There's a lot Uh, of stuff going on. All all those pretty things, of course. But yeah, unfortunately, the Battle of Gaugamela is lost. Darius surrenders all of Mesopotamia to the Macedonians. Wow. And the last great Achaemenid army has been crushed. Wow, gone. Also, I love how exaggerated the Greek sources are on the numbers, because apparently in the Battle of Gaugamela, Alexander lost only 100 men, while the Persians <laughs> lost 300,000. I doubt which it. Which is... <laughs> like, you know. You know, realistically, they probably lost more because they were running away, but also, come on. The Persian cavalry meant to break through their line. They weren't just sitting around. Yeah, yeah there's no way that those were the proportions. But yeah. good try, Greeks. Yeah, but I guess the trauma was probably similar yeah. to Darius. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh that God. Tracks. <laughs> so that tracks. So Especially because if this is the last great army in the empire, it doesn't yeah. matter if you have the empire anymore, because like you, you have no way to defend it. You already used all of your soldiers. Yeah, um, all the resources have been spent. All the like, what are you all the do? men of fighting age. Like, I, I can imagine just how traumatized this generation must have been of losing oh, such a gigantic part of it. You know. Um, yeah all the people who didn't come home because of it yeah this is oh god i would not have wanted to live during this generation because this is not the last bad thing that happens to them oh no oh no but anyway okay (laughs) on to brighter news darius (laughs) is running running away he escapes the battlefield and flies to where this all started in a kabatana where he tries to plan his next moves darius gathers all the nobility of the empire and tries to discuss with them hey guys no seriously those first two times was a mistake i can change please give me Mm. more soldiers i can do it the third time please come on guys there's literally nobody left darius there's no soldiers anymore (laughs) you took all of them yeah so while alexander is 
greeted by cheering crowds in Babylon and Susa, Darius talks with satraps. Cheeky Babylon, just being like, yes, we're already welcoming oh, you. Just come over. I, we don't care anymore. Yeah, it's fine. At this point, the eastern satraps of Darius are saying, hey, listen, we're not going to give you any of our soldiers. We're going to be fighting at home. You're clearly not able to run them. Hmm. We need a change in leadership. Yeah. Like, we still don't want to welcome the Macedonians here, but you're clearly not the man for the job, Darius. We're yeah, exactly. buying the company off of you. Take your things. Yeah, it's basically a hostile takeover. So, while in January of 330, Alexander takes Persepolis, oh. the great symbolic capital of the yeah. empire, he takes sure the tomb won't of Cyrus. Have any... Oh, I'm sure this won't have any emotional consequences. Absolutely uh -huh. not. Oh boy. At which point Darius, trying again, begging, pleading his satraps, please just give me one more army. The satrap of Bactria called Bessus orders the arrest of King Darius. Oof. He is placed in golden chains and Bessus oh, no. crowns himself Artaxerxes V. Oh, this yeah. random, another, this this dude? just. I mean, okay. he was just as legitimate as Darius, Yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah. At this just point, some, Someone actually go took with, the step. Yeah, someone yeah, was like, okay, I'm done with this. the guy that decided this. Yep. So, Bessus now decides to take all the satraps and says, okay, we'll retreat to my satrapy. It's a mountainous area. It's difficult to fight in. We'll fight a guerrilla war against the Macedonians there. Darius, you are our prisoner. We'll use you as a bargaining chip if we can. So they start marching eastwards together with their whole retinue, and Alexander hears of this. He hears that Darius was deposed, and he still really wants to capture Darius because that would be great for his legitimacy in the empire. People mm -hmm. are more likely to surrender if Darius shows up and says, Hi, I'm Darius, and I endorse Alexander. But he's no longer king anymore. Like, someone beat him to it. Yeah, but if you want to have a puppet, you can just show up yeah, to the okay. random city of Persepolis and say, Hi, this is your king. He says I'm cool. Okay, great. Yeah. So Alexander sends the fastest riders he has towards Bessus and his troops to try and capture Darius before he can run away. To mm -hmm. secure the empire, capture these important satraps. And Darius is there in golden chains, right? Like, yeah, they could exactly. technically hand him over. But I don't they think they want to give legitimacy to Alexander, so... Exactly. And as Bessus sees the Macedonian cavalry closing in, he makes a fateful decision, stabs Darius fatally, leaves him on the yep. road to die, yep. while they ride off towards Bactria. That makes sense. That's... Yep. That's what I would have done. Yeah. We have conflicting reports on Darius's final moments. Because according to some sources, the Macedonian cavalry reached him just before he was about to die. Hmm. His last words were asking for water. He drank and then passed away. Very human of him. Which, you know, understandable, the poor man. Mm -hmm. Quench your thirst one last time. Yes. And then the idea is that when Alexander arrived... He cried at the side of his dead oh, come on. rival, saying, Ah, you know, if only I could have had you, I would have treated you honorably. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> well, let's go with that. Yeah. And then from the Shahnameh, where they are secret half-brothers, 
And it's, uh, yes. it looks like it's picking from some later Macedonian propaganda. Mm-hmm. Alexander reaches Darius as he is dying, holds him in his arms. And Darius says, Alexander, you would be a much better ruler than me. Have yeah. the empire. <laughs> rule it justly. <laughs> Have my daughter. Take it all. And with his last breath, Darius says, avenge me, Alexander. Kill Bessus and gain your legitimacy over the whole empire. That's <laughs> perfect. That is so good. But, yeah. So, however it ended, with a dramatic last speech, giving the empire to Alexander or unceremoniously dying on the roadside, Darius the Third, Darius the Last, is dead. Mm-hmm. And, well, the empire is going to be changing a lot in the next episodes. It's, yeah, the times they are changing. Indeed. So there we go. What are your thoughts on poor old Darius III? Oh boy, honestly, he did much better than I expected because like the last two kings, Begoas just offed them. (laughs) It wasn't. I mean, it's impressive that he survived Begoas. So that's definitely in his And then he actually got to do things. It was just all of it was encompassed within I am not legitimate enough and there's a lot of tumultuous rebellions going on because the empire is very unstable right now right so it was just him trying to deal with that and then alexander came along so you know in a way that kind of solved things it would have been really messy otherwise (laughs) there are no more legitimacy problems for who's descended from darius the second yeah because alexander doesn't care yeah no it's just i have many spears that's my legitimacy Mm -hmm. what are you gonna do about it fight me yeah, so I feel like Darius would have done a much better job if he had been in a better age. If he had yeah. been after Xerxes the first, I think he would have done a f- good enough job. I mean, like he was a fine man, I guess. Like he, you know, capable and, and yeah, he, he's not an idiot. He's not yeah. doing terrible things, Just but mediocre, you know, bad um, luck. Mediocre. No, just it's probably not easy to, to rule, and like either way, he did what yeah. he could. I expected less, so I'm satisfied with how this went. Okay. Interesting story, at least. And he didn't get much option on, like, choosing what to do. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately. Okay, so now it's time to rate him. So our first category is final moments. How interesting was his death? (laughs) It was pretty good. I I liked it, yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it had a strategic story to it. Like there was a reason why he was killed by this other guy, yeah, one of his king. There's a story about like Alexander finding him. There's this whole thing. So like, it was, you know, fine, fine. Yeah, I think the Shaname story just puts it up for me because <laughs> it's a good story. Just avenge yeah. me. Yes, you will have the empire. No, this isn't scripted. No, no I'm not reading this off a card. So, um, I'd be going with a a six-ish, is what I'm feeling. How about uh, you? That feels, yeah, that feels about right. I was going to go with a five, but a six feels okay. adequate, so. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I agree. Nice. So, let's go with a six and a six. Final moments gives him a six out of ten. Next category is battle hardness. How good was yet fighting? Apparently well, pretty okay. 
Yeah, I mean, he began like, his career you know, as, as a, a good fighter. Warrior. Apparently, pretty fine as the battles that actually counted. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> so, on the upside, he managed to defeat in single combat a great warrior of the Cadusians. He managed to defeat a rebellion in Babylon and one in Egypt at the beginning of his reign. So that was pretty good. On the downside, he had to face a once in a generation, once in a several generations military genius in Alexander. Yes. And how much can you blame him for being defeated by Alexander the Great? Yeah, as much as you like, can blame any other person who was, which is... Really- yeah, I mean... You know, if it was Artaxerxes III versus Alexander, more of a fair fight, I guess. But Darius didn't really have much of a chance. So I don't want to be too harsh on him because he was fighting Alexander the Great. So, you know. We uh, can't all do miracles. But then again, maybe if he had been a better general, there would have been no Alexander the Great. He would have been killed in the first battle at the end. Like, now we're like, oh, but it was Alexander the Great. But he was Alexander the Great for a reason, right? If this hadn't happened, then, you know. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not as much, so. Uh, So, I'm... I want to give him some points, because he did suppress the rebellions. He did have personal valor. But it was... Honestly, I'm going up to two for personal valor and rebellions, and then I'm removing one point for losing the empire in military fashion. So I'd say one token point, because he did some good stuff, but eh. I agree. I think that's fair. Okay, so with one point and one point for battle hardness, two out of 20 for Darius III. Mm Mm-hmm. Next category is scheminess. How good was he at plot and subterfuge? He did do he something. He defeated Begoas. Yeah, he managed which, to outsmart Begoas. Exactly. Is impressive. Especially uh, since other people had tried and failed miserably. Exactly, yeah. But apart from that... Eh, yeah, apart from that, he... I don't know if you want to give him, like... A half point to shift you upwards for the plan C of dealing with the Anatolian invasion to put the battle I mean, by committee as opposed to a that single was general. That's true. Uh, you may, I don't know if that counts more as strategy than as like scheminess. It's not scheming. It's just. I mean, in my head, it's scheming because he's not of tricking people. The political he? because of the political well, implications because he okay. sort of tricking these satraps into doing his bidding without getting any of the credit. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, you know what? I can That's see that. That's how I see yeah. that. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I agree. Let's give him a, a token point for that. Yeah, so in total, I'd... I'm between a three and a four. What are your thoughts? i go for a three. You can go for a four. Okay, sounds good. So with a four and a three, we get a seven out of 20 for scheminess. Next category is shock factor. How shocking, how scandalous was Darius? Yeah. Eh. <laughs> Not really. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a bit scandalous in the fact that he had no business becoming king, and he <laughs> did. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> so that is sort of there. I don't know how much scandal you want to give to the fact that he tried to basically sell half the empire to Alexander in exchange for peace. <laughs> Wouldn't you have? Like, I mean, I definitely would have. Yes, I would have. <laughs> I would have been like, Alexander, please. I'll take the satrap job, please. 
I have like 25 subjects that are trying to murder me. Yeah, I don't even care anymore, just... <laughs> yeah, just end it. Yeah, so shock factor... Meh. I'd say like a... I'm thinking a 2, but I'm not even too crazy about a 2. No, I would go for one token point for that, for trying to sell the Empire to Alexander, <laughs> which is just, you know, beautiful. But yeah. nothing past that, I don't think. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going for two. One for selling out the Empire, one for becoming king when you had absolutely no right to it. That's Just because you were some dude that Begoas thought would be useful. Mm. It's all Begoas' fault. And yeah, speaking of, you know, all Begoas' fault, if Begoas hadn't killed the capable king Artaxerxes III, right? probably none of this would have happened. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Did a terrible, terrible plan. Begoas, that was a terrible decision. Just... Yeah, no. <laughs> it's Begoas' fault the Empire fell. Yeah. We can place the blame on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you're sticking with one? Yep. Okay, so with a two and a one, we get a three out of 20 for shock factor. Next category is Aaron Shine. How good was their eyes for the Empire? Did he improve Terrible. it? Is it better off than when he got it? <laughs> Just eh. bad. So when Darius got to the throne, it was a shaky empire with a crisis of legitimacy and a puppet king. When he died, the empire was gone. There was no empire anymore, <laughs> so I guess crisis solved. <laughs> so he wasn't given a great hand, but he also didn't do a great job with it. Yeah, no. I mean, I feel bad about blaming him for it because it's not all his fault yeah no we but know. also we're, come we know on. we're being harsh but we're rating the king and we're rating what happens in this period of history just yeah just bad yeah it's just i yeah i mean <laughs> it's just difficult to, uh, to... he worked for the postal system <laughs> probably did a good job then i guess looking into count? his resume like okay give me something so, Darius, please explain this gap in your resume where there is <laughs> flames and no empire. Hmm, uh, yes. interesting, interesting. We'll be in touch. Yeah, I I, I, I... I don't want to give him a zero, but I don't think I can give him anything more. Can you, can you give me do any it. justification? Do it. Yeah. No, do it. It's a zero. I yeah, agree. Sorry, Darius. You get a zero. So with a zero and a zero, you get a zero out of 20 for Aaron Shine, which is the lowest score. You get to be, you're worse than Bardia. And you're I equal mean, to Xerxes the second. Sardianus and Artaxerxes the second. You know. True. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Darius, but no. Next category is face of faces. What do you think this man looked like? I'm what does the man that lost the empire look like? I'm especially fond of this portrait, by the way. Very average. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, you the know. The poor man. Not super inspired. Yeah, um, we'll see what, uh, yes, what Serial cooks up for us. This poor, poor Darius Third. If he maybe can get all of his points now in face of faces and rival Darius the Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, maybe well, you didn't some mention hope for the any particular man. physical attributes. So Not I don't really have don't anything have to go off of. Great description, aside from you know the usual Achaemenid king stuff. Yeah, exactly. He was 
middle-aged, average-looking, some dude that Bogos picked off the street. That's pretty much it. So, Serial is sending me their drawing, which I will now describe to you, dear audience, so you may know its majesty. <laughs> okay, so here we have Serial's portrait of Darius, where he is looking majestic as any other Achaemenid king would, because they all look the same based on their royal iconography. He has a nice beard, nice curly hair, the usual hat. Mm-hmm. Then a nice robe with a starry pattern on the end of the sleeves. I had to add something. I don't know. It works. It's nice. And in front of him is the eunuch Bagoas. Hey, remember it's him. It's the boy. It's him. <laughs> he, he has a VIP seat. The mischievous. He's watching all this. Yeah. And yeah, Bagoas has a c- cup, which has a tiny little spooky ghost skull coming out of it. <laughs> Because why. something bad has happened to it. Bagoas is looking concerned as Darius says, No, please, I insist. So, thank you, Serial, for the wonderful portrait. Oh, you're very welcome. Our dear listeners will be able to see it on the website. And soon we'll have a roundup on our socials with all the different portraits of our king so far. So please follow us there if you want to have a look. Yes, absolutely. We're happy to hear from you too. And now I will show Serial what Darius looks like in probably his most famous depiction. Ooh, there's a famous depiction. Yes, because, well, Darius didn't finish his reign in a state where he could make his own portrait. Yeah, definitely. But Alexander is so famous that a lot of people made images about their Ah, the fan art. I see. Yes, it's all fan art. There's so much fan art. That is so cool. (laughs) I love this. So this fan art is from somebody's house in Pompeii. And I will show you. It is the climactic scene during the Battle of Issus, where we have Alexander here to the left, Darius fleeing to the right. Damn, that's so good. This is excellent. You don't need my portrait for this. This is great. (laughs) I love this. This was one of our promotional images. But yeah. Oh, that's so good. Actually, he does deserve, like, a bunch of points for this. Also, here's a close-up on oh, Darius himself. It's also the him. better preserved part of the mosaic. Yeah. It's beautiful. So, Serial, please describe to us. So, he is standing on. on a horse. We can see him down to his waist, wearing a cape and armor and a really fun helmet, hat, scarf thing. He has mustache and dark hair and extending his right hand towards Alexander. It's very dramatic. You can see their eyes locking. It's like, yeah. ah, you, this my scene. nemesis. I love this. This is excellent. It's a brilliant mosaic. It's very famous. This is a picture of Alexander that a lot of books use. So, you know, yeah, if you've I knew seen anything, you probably have seen this. So there we go. That is what Darius III looks like. So how would you rate this face of faces for our dear friend Darius? I really like it. Even though it's fan art not of him or like, you know, not in trans- Like he is sure, there. He isn't but the it's main not- character. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. I would say a 10. It's really good. A 10? Ooh, but but, okay. but it's not contemporary. And it yeah, is That fan was my art. thought, yeah. So maybe an 8. Maybe an 8. Yes. 8 feels eight. right. 
I'm honestly going up to a nine. I think that... Good for you. I'm fine with it being fan art. I'm just taking one point off for the non-contemporaneous and then we're cool. Okay, so a 9 and an 8 for Face of Faces gives us a 4.3 out of 5, which is not the highest score, because mm. he's beaten by Darius and Xerxes the first, but fair enough. Next category is lengthiness. How long did this man rule? How long do you think it was from Bagoas' fateful decision oh, to oof. being stabbed on a roadside? Ah, well, he had to gather the army, prepare the campaign... Get rid of Bagoas. Oh, also, as an endpoint to his reign, since this is so you think you can rule Persia, mm -hmm. I count uh, the end of his reign when Alexander marches into Persia. Okay, yeah. Because at and that when point. When he takes Persepolis. Okay. Right, okay. Mm, I would say five years? That's very close, yeah. He rules hey, six let's years. Go. Woo! I'm, I have a great sense for this. Yeah. <laughs> At least until next episode when I get it wrong. <laughs> we'll see what happens next episode, how long Alexander was king of Persia. Oh but yeah, so Darius ruled from 336 BC to 330 BC. What did you mean, Alexander? There's this other guy who just declared himself yeah, king. Yeah, of course. Wh what about him? Everybody knows Artaxerxes V, the guy that ruled not in Persia. You know him, <laughs> that guy. Yeah. But yeah, so dividing by 10, that gives us a... 0.6 out of 5 for lengthiness. Okay. And so this gives us the final score of 22.9 out of 100 for Darius Third, which places him firmly in the lower end of the Achaemenids. He is worse than Bardia. Uh, we're not surprised. We're not surprised. <laughs> he is worse than all the Medians. Worse than Bardia. He's only better than Artaxerxes IV. Xerxes II and Sogdianus. That tracks. Which is kind of embarrassing, but I get. I think it's fair. The poor man didn't have much luck. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that Darius can't go join his ancestors in the Great Paradise Gardens. Because was oh, he on, fascinating, <laughs> interesting, tragic enough to be called a Shah and Shah, or is he just a Shah and Nah? I, no, we're skipping this one. Yeah. It, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nah. It's... I'm not feeling yeah, it. Yeah, it's... No. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, this is the story where Alexander's the main character, and he is the Astyages to Cyrus's Alexander. He is yes. the prequel, <laughs> where we see what yep. happens. So yeah, I'm sorry, Darius. You can go off into the desert, meet Artaxerxes IV, tell him that... Yes, you beat Bagoas, but there were worse things coming. Mm -hmm. So there we go. Unfortunately, Darius is a Shahana. And actually, Bagoas managed to get to the VIP seat rather than Darius. So, yes. haha. He gets no, to laugh still, at Darius still, from the VIP seats. We're still keeping that. Yeah, definitely. definitely. He deserves it. If anything, for showing up in like three different episodes. Yeah. But wait, don't run away, dear listener. I know who you are. Yes, I know you. You skip the end of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I don't blame you. Umbi might, but I, I don't. I'm chill. I spent time editing these things. But no, seriously. Just to tell you what the structure of the next two episodes is going to be, because Alexander has two different episodes. Because the next does. episode is going to be called Alexander the Great, King of Macedon. And is going to take him from his birth, which we didn't see, his life with Philip, his youth and all that, all the way to his conquest of Persia. 
So basically, we're going to be doing all of this episode again, but from the other perspective, see what he gets up to in Egypt, what he sees, blah, blah, blah. That would be great. And then episode two is going to be Alexander the Great, King of Persia, where we see he has conquered things. How does he deal with this now? Which is going to be very interesting. We get to see how does he deal with an empire where his culture is like 10% at best of the whole empire? What's going to happen? We'll see. So you have all that to look forward to. If you conquer an empire, then you need to rule an empire. Yeah. So yes, so please join us next time for the episode on Alexander the Great, King of Macedon, where we'll find out where our conquering boy came from. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember that rating us and reviewing us helps the podcast get known to more people. So if we've given you enough entertainment for a one-minute review. We'd appreciate that. Thank you. At this point, I think we can just uh, say thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking till the end for this one. And find all the necessary sources and links and all of that in the show notes or in our webpage. Yes. See you next week. Yeah. Have a good week. next episode. Bye. Bye.